0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. The view on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Kelly. Singapore Exchange reported total revenue for FY22 2022 increased 4% to $1.1 billion. That's the highest ever since listing. And the Board of Directors has proposed a final quarterly dividend of 8 cents per share payable on the 21st of October for approval at the upcoming annual general meeting. If approved, this brings total dividends for the financial year to 32 cents. Not a bad turnout for a very volatile year. And the exchange has seen a number of milestone events this year, the listing of SPACs, global partnerships, and let's not forget the ESG regulatory updates for its list codes. To help us take a deeper dive into the numbers, we're joined now by the CFO of SGX, Ng Yao Lung. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Uh, always a pleasure to be uh, able to speak to you and your listeners.
0: Great to have you with us. So let's start off and take a look at these numbers. So SGX has reported its highest revenue since listing 22 years ago, despite uh, the pandemic, all the macroeconomic news that we're seeing, China slowdown, Russia-Ukraine war, a very volatile time for markets, but perhaps not for SGX. What was the main driver and the main driving factor behind your latest set of results?
1: I would say... Two main drivers, and that really really reflects our position as mm-hmm. a risk management center. One, our derivatives, and that's consistent growth across all asset classes, whether it's the currencies, whether it's commodities or equity derivatives. So that's been a strong broad-based performance. And second, OTC FX, a new pillar that we have been de- developing. It now contributes quite a meaningful percentage of our revenue, 5%. Mm. I think it is now in there, the pieces are in place and I think we are looking forward to it being a meaningful revenue driver and being able to serve our clients better.
0: Okay, let's take a look at some of the other revenue drivers as well. We had a number of new equity listings, I think 17 listings compared to 11 last year. SPACs were also a big story this year for the exchange. Question though on SPACs, uh, have they lived up to the hype?
1: I would say early days, they listed Mm -hmm. about what they they raised about $500 million Mm -hmm. earlier this year. I think the the key is what we call the D-spec or when they find a target and then there's a business combination, right? So that's when activity levels will go up and where investor will focus their attention on the merits of each transaction. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if we look at where other markets uh, have traded when they have specs, generally, trading activity is a bit muted until some form of transaction happens and that's where investor interest will be very strong because they'll be focusing on the merits of the transaction and voting um, with their views on their share.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another big story if we're talking about liquidity in the market, that was one of the reasons that we saw SPACs launch onto the market yeah. here. Dual listings as well. Another big story for the exchange this year. For example, we saw Neo hit the SGX. How successful have these dual listing partnerships been for the SGX?
1: I would say that uh, they have been quite successful. Considering that they didn't really do uh, any form of fundraising, mm-hmm. so we are seeing some liquidity in trading their stocks uh, in the Singapore market. So I think that's been a positive as we look at uh, the secondary, secondary listing performance. So I'll say, you know, when you we put the picture together, you mentioned 17 listings, I think raising close to uh, almost $2 billion. Mm-hmm. But what was good was the diverse range of companies that raise capital, whether it's through we have three we have REITs as well that's where we have been mm-hmm. very strong and then clearly secondary listings
0: So can we expect more of such partnerships when we're looking at secondary listings to boost dual listings going forward?
1: Partnerships are core to what uh, SGX does mm-hmm. so I think we can expect partnerships as we have signed um, arrangements with the Western exchanges mm-hmm. where we have referrals and I think That reflects the partnership approach that we take. And I think that also allows companies to have a choice of accessing different venues to tap different capitals. So I would say that those are the bedrock at which we build value for our companies where they have been able to access capital from different venues and with uh, ability to transit between different venues because we have built fungibility, we have built the infrastructure and the pipelines.
0: We're speaking with Ng Yao Lung, who is the Chief Financial Officer of SGX. This year, we've also got to talk about climate reporting, one of my pet topics, and board diversity disclosure requirements for a listed company that was rolled out. Are we there yet? How are companies doing?
1: It's a journey. So mm-hmm. I was uh, looking at some of the reports that uh, NUS and uh, other institutions prepare, and I yeah. think what it is that. We have a number of companies that have done well and in fact excel in reporting their sustainability activities. But similarly, there's also a long tail of companies that mm-hmm. hasn't done as well. So I think my regulatory colleagues are quite focused in the coming year on closing this gap in terms of capacity building and helping more companies get up to speed. So when I look at this this uh, spectrum mm-hmm. of, of, of performance, I think what is key again is Really, the companies themselves seeing it internally that it benefits them to do this sustainability reporting to educate uh, their investors on what, how their activities are contributing in terms of the sustainable efforts and their bottom line.
0: And speaking of ESG and sustainability, SGX has a number of initiatives as well. How are these translating to long-term financial stability for the exchange and sustainability for the exchange and uh, essentially your bottom line?
1: Yeah, that, that is fundamental. Right? We are a mm-hmm. financial market infrastructure and what we do is to facilitate price discovery, where we facilitate mm-hmm. capital raising and investors to manage their exposures And so that will then drop through to our financial bottom line as we do more of these activities. So I would say when I look at what we do, two levels, data. Um, Data is where investors can come to SGX, find the data, trusted data, access it in a very easily digital format, standardised definitions, and they know what they're getting themselves into. And then clearly regulatory framework around what companies need to disclose. And then I'll say products, right? So whether it's ETFs, whether it's futures, for the investors to express their views on ESG, to express their views on companies. And so that will assist in the price discovery. And I'll say that if we do the data part well and if we have the products, that will clearly add to our financial bottom line.
0: Okay, now I've got to ask you about inflation as well, because we've seen inflation dominating headlines, understandably so. And I know that in the financial, the SGX's latest financial results, you mentioned that uh, the exchange does not anticipate significant growth in headcount or above trend wage inflation. But what are the challenges for SGX in the year ahead as we look at uh, inflationary pressures?
1: Well, i think uh we are like many companies mm-hmm. financial institutions we are not immune to this cost pressure mm-hmm. um, and people are talent and we continue to invest in technology so that balance in terms of trying to maintain our cost competitiveness and investing in people and technology will always remain a challenge especially for us uh, when we operate in the financial sector so inflation you know, whether it's here to stay, whether it's going to peak soon, I think what's important for us is to be in a position when we look at our investors, market participants, to continue to have the ability to access our platforms across time zones, across cycles, to express their views and to manage their risk. That's core to what we do. And I believe that that's going to be mm-hmm. a valuable in a volatile environment.
0: Now, Yaleng, we've seen several research houses lower their calls or target prices on the Singapore exchange following yesterday's results announcement. That's, as they've stated, amid muted expectations on future earnings. So perhaps you can give us an idea of what the future holds for SGX. What is going to be the SGX story or headline in the year ahead?
1: I guess headlines or, or what the analysts are putting out does reflect a certain wariness
0: mm-hmm.
1: of what's going to come, whether we're going to get into a recession, mm. whether it's global or domestic, and whether it's a deep or whether deep recession or whether it's a soft landing. So I understand the cautious attitude I think of of investors and market participants. So for us in SGX, I think we are really focused on execution. Uh, over the last couple of years, we have put a few, uh, quite a few capabilities in Mm -hmm. place and I would like to see strong execution capitalising on our global strengths and that will give investors the comfort that we are on the right path delivering on both revenue and cost.
0: Always opportunities amid challenges though, right? That's
1: always correct.
0: Okay, Yao well thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Great, thank you.
0: Thank you. We've been speaking with Ung Yao Lung, who is Chief Financial Officer at the SGX. You're listening to Money FM eighty nine point three. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm eighty nine point three sg, or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.